Welcome once again to No Apology with Emily and Chris. I'm the Emily portion of the program, and my husband Chris is here as well. Thank you for joining us. The name of the show is No Apology with Emily and Chris, and the location, the backing, the big kahuna behind us is a website called freshroadmedia.com. You can get everything at freshroadmedia.com. Thank you for joining us. We, I think this will be the last preseason episode. I think that we are going to regular season after this, and things are rolling pretty good. Emily, how do you feel about it? Wonderful. It's actually good to be back. I missed yesterday, last week, and I left the monkeys to rule the circus. <laughs> but apparently everything was fine. Everything's still intact, and y'all intact, in and you all did did well. What's so. coming up on the show today? Oh, lots of really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when we first started this, one of the very first persons that I wanted to bring on the show, he's going to be joining us today. Looking forward to that. Pastor Jay Johnson. We'll tell you more about him in just a little bit. Jay Johnson will be here soon. We're also going to, I want this to kind of be part of a regular part of the show, and that is kind of the current lies in the church, the current things that the church is swallowing that they ought not to be swallowed. We're going to pick up one of those today, and that is the mingling of politics and religion. We hear so much about, you know, that separation of church and state, and should you say anything that has to do with politics and, you know, people's hair just sparks into fire. I don't know why. People get really nervous. So I want to clarify that. I want to talk about that. That's going to be good. Um, Also, the big topic that everybody's talking about, of course, is Bud Light. We'll talk a little bit about that. (laughs) But but Bud Light's number one on the hearts of Christians all across America. <laughs> well, the whole Dylan Mulvaney yeah. and, and what's really going on there? Because there's things. There's you stuff know, happening that we'd like to talk about and expose. Yeah. Yes. Because the problem's never the problem. No. There's always something underneath. That's yes. really the problem. And speaking of problems, Mike Shaw, of course, will be joining us. <laughs> Later in the show. And we're going to so. play right on way off with Mike. And he's we also are. got some headlines. He's our news director. Yeah. Where are we, we uh, going to well, start, though, today? First of all, though, first of all, I want to start because the big news for the week, especially for Christians, was that Dr. Charles Stanley, of course, passed away this week. Uh, I was just personally really sad to hear it. Uh, Chris, what were your thoughts? Well, I'm actually very encouraged for Dr. Stanley that he actually gets the big promotion. Yeah, you know he what I'm did, saying? Actually, yeah, we can yeah. be happy about that. Yes, right. Yes, but my my reaction is he lived to be 90. He did very very good work. And what I always think of is I always think of when he was on our show, mm-hmm. and we got a chance to you know hang out with him and and things like that. And one of the things that he said on our show on the air, which is documented by a lot of people, and then afterwards. I came up to him and I said, Are, you know, can, do, you, do you mean that or were you just in the moment? He's like, no, I meant it. I meant it. And what he, do you remember what he said? No, I don't. He said that our show was the most fun he'd ever had on any radio interview oh, ever. Yeah, and, I believe it. And, 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 and I said, you mean, you mean ever, ever? And he's like, yeah. Oh, well. So we used that in some of our speaking promotional materials we for about did. a decade. Now I, now I remember it, but I don't think most people are like thinking, hey, I can't wait to yuck it up with Charles Stanley. <laughs> they probably have bigger questions, but we did have fun. And I mean, that's kind of the misconception, I think, a lot of times when you have these great Bible scholars, yeah. great Bible teachers um, they do have a humorous side too, and and so yeah, he definitely I, did. Numerous times, I was driving in the car or my truck, listening to Charles Stanley teach. In fact, yeah. I don't think I'm a pastor without Charles Stanley's in touch ministries. Yeah. To be honest with you, but he did another thing that day that he, you know 
he, they gave us 20, 30, 40 Bibles. And yeah. we're not talking about little Gideon Bibles. Right. These are like $80 leather-bound Charles Stanley study Bibles, and I still got a couple of them in my office. We still use but it, But we yeah. gave them away to listeners. We gave them away at events. Um, we just put the Word of God in that incredible, you know, $80 leather-bound book right. in the hands of people yeah. all over the country. And it was just a... It, that's what I when I think of Charles Stanley, that's what I think of. I think See, of him laughing, him having fun, yeah. giving us a quote that we could use to promote our own ministry, yeah. and then him giving us the word of God for us to literally give to other yeah. people. That's what I think. Well, of. I remember uh I don't remember where we were, some convention or whatever, and he was signing books. And so we got in this line because it's like, oh, you know, we've read this book, we really like it, we want to get it signed. And and you know, as they count the line down and yes. they're like, okay, it's gonna end right here. So everybody passed here. You're out of luck. He's not going to be signing. And we're, yeah. we're, so a few people left, and you're like, let's just hold, hold. Well, they, had, they had said Wallace. They, they, they knew who you were, and they, you know, the, the Charles Stanley people wanted us to be last week and spend some time talking to you. Well, and this me was or the whatever. thing was that we stayed and we got in, and we were probably like third from the last. Mm-hmm. And we got up, we said hello. And that and that's exactly what would happen. He said, "You're from Alaska, right?" And we said, "Yes." We yeah. were doing mission work out of Alaska at the time. He said, yeah. "Stay here. Yep. I want to talk to you." So, like, book signings are like yeah. strenuous. When they you're done, you, when you watch your next book signing anywhere, the author, the minute they're done, they're gone. Uh, usually, yeah. yeah and, no. But he he was like, "No, no, no. You wait. I wanted." To. And we did. We sat yeah. and talked for probably another 10, 15, maybe twenty minutes. Yeah. I don't remember. That was the first exactly. time we met him. That was, but, and that was the very first time we met him. That was so 2005. Personal, so personal. And just he wanted to know what God was doing mm-hmm. in these places. And it was just really refreshing and really, mm-hmm. really great to meet him. Really great to yeah, know Yeah, we were him. about a year away from getting the Arizona gig. So we were just on the upswing. Mm-hmm. So Charles Stanley wanting to hang out and talk to you for 20 minutes was kind of a big deal we for me. We were grubby missionaries. <laughs> we smelled like fish. <laughs> and he still wanted to talk to us. Oh, uh, well, I posted anyway. a Facebook post that said, rest in peace, old boy. Yeah. You know, and I hope that when he walked through uh, into eternity that, the Lord was there with, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> so Jay Johnson's that was coming a up next, cheesy. I guess. <laughs> no, why, why do you think it was cheesy? That's, I I, I, that's what I want for all of us, I but do, for him particularly, I, I hope he well, hears the word well done. That's what I put in my Facebook post. I don't think there's a question there. Well, we're, yeah. Jay Johnson's up next, and we're going to break, and I guess I'm going with a whole bunch of cheese. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> May you walk with the Lord Jesus Christ the same way as Charles Stanley. And may he be full in your life today. Jay Johnson, Pastor Jay Johnson, is up next on No Apology with Emily and Chris. That was Gouda. Welcome back to No Apology with Emily and Chris. So glad you are with us. As I had mentioned earlier, we are finally having one of my favorite people on with us. Good friend. He's a veteran Christian broadcaster. Yeah. Uh, current, Met him doing radio, actually. Uh, yeah. And current uh, pastor in a little town called Abilene, Kansas, which just happens to be the home of... Dwight D. Eisenhower, which is pretty cool. Anyway, um, we got to work with him. He's yeah. a good friend, uh, all around good guy. Pastor Jay Johnson joins us. Hey, welcome, Jay, Jay. Welcome. 
Thank you. I'm glad that Emily is hosting the show today and not Chris. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard you loud and clear. He watched, Jay watched the rehearsal again. and called up and said, you know, you're going to have to talk less if it's going to be Emily's show. Yeah. I'm like, she's telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Chris is kind of working mission control over there. He's got lots of buttons to push. So when you got a learning curve, you just kind of revert to what you, your old hat, what you know. So yeah, we're kind of evolving a little bit. We're yeah. evolving a little bit. That's a good thing. Jay Johnson came on after the Chris and Emily show in Arizona. He yep. was the midday guy. He also has gone from broadcasting to the pulpit. Jay, you are in, I, I'm guessing, your 13th year at Zion Church? Not quite. Uh, this will be year number 12 in October. Okay, I, I knew I was close because when I got to Abilene, yeah. you'd been there 10 years. But nice. anyway. It'll be an even yeah. dozen. That's awesome. Do you miss broadcasting at all? You know, when I first got out of radio, I went through this phase where every couple of years I would miss it. Yeah. But I don't miss it anymore. I really don't. Um, The thing about being in Christian radio was I got to use some of my spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. Being a pastor, I get to use all of my spiritual gifts. And, and um, more. <laughs> yeah. And and I still have lots of opportunities to go on the air or do public speaking in other places. So, no, I don't miss it anymore. OK. You know, but I do think about the glory days sometimes. Yeah. You know, you were- yeah. We share our. We share our, our radio war stories, you know, our, right. we're veterans of radio, so we share our stories. <laughs> yeah, and, Jay, and, and this, this is an audio uh, broadcast slash podcast, but it's also a video, and so there's cameras on all of us right now, and I still feel weird about that, you know, like right now you're wiping your eyes and everybody can see you do right. that, Jay. In radio land, no one would ever see us do any of that yeah, stuff. Because, <laughs> right, because we have faces for radio. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Yeah. Well, Jay is a, is a co-pastor and him and I, the last couple of years, spent a lot of time together. And I said, just come on Emily's new show and just let's talk about stuff like that. But Emily's like, no, we're going to first talk about food. Yeah, I want to talk about food. because <laughs> <laughs> The last time we saw you we left town you gave me this tub of salsa that you know i guess you are you, and, are you making are you getting ready you to make and a salsa bunch of again? hobbits in the shire put together because it was really good well emily i made salsa last weekend we oh. were gearing up for our youth auction where we raise money to send our youth to summer camp okay and um i made seven eight quarts of salsa and auctioned off seven of them and each one brought in about a hundred dollars a hundred dollar jar of some jay salsa yeah yeah Yeah. worth every penny well no i'll go i'll go as far as to say 75 (laughs) they overpaid (laughs) you guys were blessed because you got it for free right uh, oh no i gave you 20 bucks i remember specifically giving wow you you get a merit badge that's right that's right hey listen you know but but praise god we were able to raise eight thousand seven hundred dollars to send these kids to camp this summer that's fantastic 
Our church That's is doing right. some scholarships for kids for camp too. Kids, kids going to, to Bible camp nowadays is even more valuable because of the culture in which we live in. Absolutely. So, so besides yeah. the salsa, Emily, what other food well, did you want no, to talk No, I was just about? wondering, like, because you don't have tomatoes out of the garden yet, obviously. And so no. uh, are you planting? Are you ready to start planting and pull that stuff out you of the garden? Know, or? You know, Emily, I'm getting old. And I don't know that I want to do planting of tomatoes and peppers this year. Okay. What I've planted so far are onions and garlic, and I'm going to plant potatoes. Um, when I made the salsa, I did buy store-bought tomatoes, mm-hmm. but I still had pepper mash that I had fermented last year from habaneros Ooh, and serranos. Yeah. So I used that in the salsa. So now wait, you're planting potatoes. Yeah, potatoes okay. are easy to grow. Yeah, but Jay, you realize you have to dig those, right? Oh, that's easy. Okay, you really you pick a tomato. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, but tomatoes they're 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 particular. They need a okay. lot of water. They need a lot of love and care. You know, like some people that need extra grace, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, and just for the record, Jay spent a lot of time at our house with the two years we lived in Abilene, Kansas. He'd come over at least once a week. And many times it would spin off into this vegetation discussion you guys are having. And I would just sit there and play golf on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. See, here's the problem. You're missing out, dude, because Jay... Correct me if I'm wrong. There's something very special about, there's actually something spiritual about eating together and growing food and serving people food. Like there's something there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just the, the beauty, the miracle of growth, growing things, there's just something special about it. It connects you to God. It connects you to the earth he created. And then to be able to take that and transfer it into something edible that you can share with other people, it's just a blessing all the way around. And Chris really just is. doesn't get it. Yeah, I know. Plug <laughs> in, dude. <laughs> get connected. Hey, Chris, does, does Emily still have those hostas by the side of the garage she doesn't want anymore? I'm like, I don't even know what a hosta is. Hey, is that like now? a hosta takeover or what are you talking about? Speaking of speaking of the hostas, the ones you gave me, they're coming up right oh, now. Sure. Of course they are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Discuss. The kale, the kale didn't come back. I'm going to have to plant some kale this year. Uh, but you know what, Jay? There was one good thing that came of our time in Abilene, and that was Chris now can identify a wisteria. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> That's good. No. He can He's do working. that. There's hope. It's come a long way. It's not that I don't. It's not that I can't care. It's that I don't care. That's oh, come that's on. the problem. Yeah, so I, I, I enjoy for, watching you guys do that kind of stuff. He so. knows wisteria. Does he know forsythia? I don't. No, think so. never met her. <laughs> <laughs> we think forsythia. <laughs> oh, did did oh. Paul preach there on one of his missionary journeys? No, exactly. That was an early church. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, and speaking of church, here's the cool thing. Think about all the plants and stuff that are that are named in the Bible. I actually, the new place that we moved into, I have, believe it or not, a rose of Sharon in the backyard. That's wow. one of the names someone mm. refers to Christ as the rose right, right. of Sharon. So yeah, yeah, our horizons are. Cool. Pretty broad. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. In my basement, I have the skull of Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in there in case anybody cared. He anyway, does, he has he to has... get the Vikings in there somewhere. Right. Pastor Jay Johnson's our special guest today. Pastor Jay and us go way back to 
2006 when yeah. uh, we were the morning show in Phoenix, Arizona, and and uh, Tucson and across Arizona, and Jay was the midday guy, came on right after our show, and that's how we yeah. got together. And we've had some deep theological discussions, and I said, uh, oh, we started an internet radio station together uh, that we had for five years, and it was only the Chris and Emily show and Journey with Jay Johnson. That was the other program on the 24-hour radio station that, that we, well, and Mike Shaw we retired the it news. in 2008. And Mike Shaw did the news on yeah, that, too, yeah. for five minutes, I remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean... The for thing a long never, time. the thing never funded. It was a great project, but anyway, we've been together for a long time. So long we have time. the we have these spiritual conversations, and I said, Jay, let's be a regular on uh, on Emily's new show, No Apology with Emily and and Chris, or on our new show, whatever you want to call it, and then we'll just have these theological discussions. And Emily said today she wanted to start with food. Are we done with food? Or are we going to move on to culture? I don't or did know. You any, do some more? any other food well, facts you want to throw in there, Jay? Well, I just started a batch of kombucha. Oh, that's like yeah. fermenting stuff. Is yeah, that for a rash? It's basically what it is. No, it's not a rash, Chris. It's, it's a fermented tea that's good for your gut. It's it's like oh, a natural sure, probiotic. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I remember we had some of that. You we had we you kept mixing that up, didn't you? What? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, what Jay gave me was the grains for. Kefir. Oh, that was kefir. Oh, yes, kefir. that was kefir. Forgive me for not knowing the difference. <laughs> but I do have some things fermenting in my fridge right now. So, uh, one of the big things that the ladies in church here do is sourdough bread. So oh, yeah. it's totally organic. You know, all that gluten gets broken down. It's fermented, and it's delicious. Yeah. We named the bread Edna. <laughs> yes, my starter. We don't, we don't know why. My and starter is Edna, and then, of course, Spawn of no, Edna. No, yeah. We, just we, had, <laughs> we, we ate Spawn of Edna for breakfast this morning. So. <laughs> I would love to try making sourdough bread. I haven't ventured. Oh, it, yeah, it, it's easier than what it looks at The first. ladies here in Iowa got it going on. They trust do. Me. They All do. right. Yeah. Let's move over into culture. different kinds of culture, <laughs> the yeah. culture around us. Uh, because, Jay, you, I, I got to officially say 12 years, that's a long time. You're a veteran in pastoral ministry, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... I'm wondering, you know, there is a big culture clash going on right now. Has that changed in recent years, how you approach ministry, how you do ministry? Have Are you seeing ministry evolve at all? Well, it, it does... It does change, and on the other hand, it doesn't change. When I say it doesn't change, I mean that those of us who are uh, true believers, Bible-believing Christians, we got to continue to stand for what the Bible teaches, no matter what the culture says, mm -hmm. because already I'm seeing churches defect from the Bible. Pastors and churches defect from what the Bible says, and they want to go the way of the culture, mm -hmm. <clears throat> especially in this area of human sexuality. Yeah. Right, and right. if you're, you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you know, you got to do what he says. You can't just kind of uh, go along with the culture on any area, human sexuality or whatever it is. Right. And so we don't change when it, when it comes to that, you don't go along with what the culture says. Yeah. If anything, we're supposed to be countercultural. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's what, what Jesus teaches us. And the, the sad part is that people, if you don't agree with what the culture believes, then you're labeled as hateful and mean-spirited and, and right. bigoted and all kinds of things. And they don't understand that you you say these things because you you love them and you want to share truth with them. 
but people can't accept that. You know, right. as, as Jesus said, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's uh, our natural tendency. Yeah. 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 And and when you share the truth, you're sharing light and that just kind of aggravates people. It makes people mad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it really does. <laughs> but yeah. um, when you're when you, you know, step into that pulpit, do you think differently than what you did, you know, say 10 years ago? Do you choose your words differently? Are you more careful about what you say or is it just kind of still, you know, business as usual. This is what I have to do. This is my job. Have you had any sermons where you started? I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> have you, have you had that yet? No, <laughs> no, no. Um, honestly, I have not changed the way I say things or the way I do things or, or what I say. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if anything, I, I, I don't want to preach what's going on in the culture. I preach the word of God. And then sometimes it applies to what's happening in the culture. Right. And I don't, I don't pull any punches. I don't backpedal when it comes to issues that are going on in society or in our culture. And I just tell it like it is. And mm. some people don't like that. Yeah. We've had some people no. leave over <laughs> yeah, certain yeah. issues. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we've had yeah. several folks leave over things like that because, you know, I'm not, um, liberal enough for them or mm-hmm. you know i'm too conservative or you know i take isn't what it the funny Bible how the, says to be literal isn't it funny how they want to said isn't it funny how everybody wants to put everything in conservative or liberal terms and it's almost yeah. like you know i'm well i i don't want to generalize but we've had some people leave leave our fellowship too and um i've not been with a church where people weren't coming and leaving all the time and what mm-hmm. I find to be the problem, and I'd like to get your feedback on this, is I blame, maybe wrongly, but I do in my heart, I blame consumer Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, and consumer Christianity uh, has a lot of things to it, but at the end of the day, the Bible can't stand up in a customer service environment if everybody has to have their felt thoughts and emotions met. And you know, here's, here's the biggest problem, is that we've got people out there right now who their worldview says that a pastor has no well-being. He can't say anything. He really can't identify because he doesn't know. Uh, a white right. man, he's white. How would he know? You know, How would yeah. he know about anything? So as a white guy, I can't say anything. So apparently, Jay, you can say more than I can because, uh, you know, you get what I'm saying? We've had these conversations well, you know, openly and honestly. Well, you can say more than I can because there's nobody better at being a woman than a guy. <laughs> apparently, that's how it is. You know, the, the woman of the year is a man now. And, yeah. and yet we're not supposed but, to say that. It's, it's insane. But what I'm saying is, do you see what I see where it's consumer Christianity and people will prop up their worldview like weekends at Bernie's. It's like a dead worldview. They prop it up as if it's alive. And so because they're consumer Christians and they are their own God, no one can tell them anything. Is that what you're finding in your church as well? Well, yeah, it's true no matter where you go in the country because we're a consumer nation. Mm. You know, we're, we're used to getting what we want when we want it and as often as we think we want it. True. And so if people come to my church or your church and, you know, you're not saying what they think you ought to say or, you know, you're you're too conservative. You take the Bible as 
as being, you know, the, the guide for life. Well, I don't like that. So I'm going to go to the church down the road, mm-hmm. you know, but that's, that's not what church is all about. You know, we're supposed to come together and yeah, we're, we're not all going to think the same way. We're not going to be uniform, but we can be unified. That's yeah. what the hey, there you go. I like it's that. A, it says maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. We're, we're not all going to think the same way when it comes to politics or, or TV or movies or, or, you know, clothing or whatever. But we can still be unified and we come together using the gifts that God has given us. To, to build the body for unity and maturity of the body and for the common good. And it's not just to be a church hopper and shopper, you know, going around, well, I don't like what this guy said. I'll go to this church <laughs> down the road. Well, I don't like what he said. I'll go to this guy down the road. You know, after a while, you're going to run out of churches. You know, yeah. get, in, get in a church and get busy and do what God's yeah. called you to do. And, you know, if the pastor says something, if he's preaching the word and, you know, he's stepping on your toes, then maybe that's Holy Spirit conviction you need to deal with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I think that's something that we've lost. Two things, maybe. Uh, one is that sense of family. Like, they don't really view the church as family anymore, right. like a like right. a spiritual family. They just view it as more of a social interaction. Right, um, right. And, and, then, and then the other thing was, I, I lost my train of thought here, actually. Family. <laughs> I know. It was twofold. I was going to say something twofold, and I well, got stuck in the onefold. <laughs> Jay, Jay we, the family idea of church is that you stay with them through thick and thin, and if yep. there's no heresy, right. if there's no there's no real, real, true biblical harm, and it's just personal preference, then why did you attach yourself to that to that church to begin with? Do you follow? And it's like, yeah. what can we do in a loving way, still holding on to truth, to reach some of these folks? Because sometimes we sometimes we just can't get through to them because um, they reject things. And, and like right now, I think the epidemic that many people don't understand is that the credibility is being throttled. In other words, they look at a guy like me, I have no credibility. No matter what I say, it doesn't matter. Whatever the Bible says, doesn't matter. I've got something I want to read to you guys, and I want to get your feedback on it. And it says this. Ready? We are at a point in Christianity where people don't care if you can back it up with Bible. Their feelings, desires, and emotions override what Scripture says. They don't follow Christ. They follow self. Hmm. Jay, what's your response to that? Well, that's true for a lot of people. You know, they they want to follow the church of their emotions, the church of their feelings, Mm. rather than follow the church of Jesus Christ. And you can't trust your emotions. You can't trust your feelings, but you can trust God's word. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth in the life. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's where we've got to put our trust in in what the word of God says. And, you know, it's when it comes to to preaching or or teaching from the pulpit it's not a matter of me being conservative it's it's a matter of me being faithful to the word of god and just like last week i was preaching on the tongue for example and that affects all of us and mm-hmm. i can't tell you afterwards how many people came up to me and thought i was talking directly to them oh i know <laughs> i like, love those messages that's, that's the holy spirit yeah. That's not yeah. me pointing you out. Yep. That's the Holy Spirit. So you that's God speaking to you. His you children, get, right? You you don't get mad and and run down the the road to another church. You just deal with it. What 
if God's convicted you, you do something about it. Right. Emily, so, your response. Well, that's what I would, thank you, you guys. You brought back my train of thought. <laughs> yes. I appreciate that. I'm getting old here. I'm over 50, so it's okay. It's what we do. I have an excuse. But that, law, that, that, that what we're talking about is exactly why God has created this, the congregation, the church. We're supposed to live in fellowship, not just with God, but with one another as well. We right. need that fam- family environment mm-hmm. to say the tough things that need to be said to one another, to help hold one another up, to help hold one another accountable, to rejoice when others around us are rejoicing and to be sad with those around us when it is time to be sad. So we've lost that um, view of the church being our family, but we've also lost the whole idea of um, discomfort is okay. Not yeah, everything right. has to feel good, and and we right. have a tendency to, this doesn't feel good, yeah, but, but I'm going to run, but the honest reality is when I'm doing my most growing and learning is when things have been said that feel uncomfortable, and, right. and it happens well, all the time. comfortable is much better than uncomfortable. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. But but when you're when God makes you uncomfortable, that's the spirit doing his work. He wants to develop your patience and perseverance and endurance and steadfastness and all those good things to build your character and make you more like Jesus. Exactly. And he's not he's not putting you in a in an uncomfortable situation to keep you in that uncomfortable situation. Right. He's, why is he putting us there, Jay? <laughs> it's 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 part of the process. You just yep. keep walking, and eventually you walk through that. You, you know, go. whatever trial or discipline you're going through, but you come out on the other side like pure gold. Yeah, yeah. stronger, more pure, yes. Uh, yes. smarter, wiser, knowing the ways of the Lord much better. So yeah, and knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade those. Yeah. The Book of Jude, verse twenty-three or four. I don't remember. 23 or 24 says, snatch those from the fire while you still can. Yeah. And that's what we we're trying to do. And what, what frustrates me is how they've eliminated credibility from anybody who can speak truth into their life. And I'm talking about the extreme left now that, that even try to have a form of godliness, even though they don't really probably know the real Jesus. Mm-hmm. They continue to just browbeat away that this doesn't have credibility, that doesn't have credibility, this person does. So you get down to the point where the only ones that can be trusted is them and themselves, and so they are their own gods. Jay, how do you talk to people who, if you blaspheme their godhood, you have no credibility? How do you share the gospel then? (laughs) You share the gospel with them just like you would anybody else. You know, we have to realize that we're all sinners in need of a savior. And then you share with them how to be saved. And, you know, for the most part, people are going to reject what you have to say about Jesus. But you never know. Somebody may accept it. Somebody, God may already be working on that person's heart. Mm -hmm. It's just up to us to keep sowing the seed, you know, no matter what. One man plants, one man waters, God gives the increase. Yeah. So yeah. And sometimes we throw we scatter seed by throwing the seed at the face of the other person. <laughs> sometimes. That's the Chris Danielson approach. <laughs> this is why I couldn't be a pastor for 30 years, Jay. Why we have these long conversations every week about yeah. I, I don't even know. Should I sometimes you have to grind their face in the dirt. See that seed right there? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, that, that doesn't but, work. But with with love and grace, we try, but some 
But sometimes we're, we're, we're very honest with folks and they take that as being harsh. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. But they don't understand that if you weren't loving, you wouldn't point things out. Right. Right. Yeah. And the it's thing like is Peter, for me, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's like Peter says, and I'm working on this message for Sunday. Mm. You got to always be prepared to give an answer for the reason for the hope that is within you. Yeah. But you do it with gentleness and respect. You don't yeah. smash your face in the dirt. You don't throw no, the seed in their eyes. You know, well, you, you do it with gentleness and respect, Chris. But, yeah. yeah, but you you know as well as I do, because you've been there helping me clean up the mess that I made. <laughs> you know, and hey, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't, you know, mess that came on our doorstep that we didn't generate. But anyway, sometimes that gentleness and that... Um, Respect is translated into if you ever get excited, you're wrong. And that's not true. It becomes the 11th commandment, you know, right. thou shalt be nice. And it's just like, that's yeah. not, that, that that's the weakening of the Christian faith, which is a big part of Emily's topics later when Mike Shaw joins us. But um, I've got a gospel presentation here I'd like to read you. It's about 60 words. And Emily and Jay, I'd like to get both of your response to this. All right, everyone, class, sit down, be quiet. All right, listen to this. This is, in my opinion, this is one of the greatest condensed gospel um, explanations I've ever heard. You ready? Okay. Here we go. It's about 60 words. The good news that the just and gracious creator of the universe has looked upon hopelessly sinful men and women and has sent his son, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, to bear his wrath against sin on the cross and to show his power over sin in the resurrection so that everyone who turns from their sin and themselves and trusts in Jesus as Savior and Lord will be reconciled to God forever. Mm, I like that. What do you think? That's good. That's good. Where'd you get that from? David Platt sure wrote that right. at the, in the back of one of his books. I think it's in the back of Radical. It's like, it, I, I'm pretty sure that's where I got it. It's such an awesome, condensed, just straightforward. This is it. This is the gospel. This is all we have. This is what we right. were about. Well, yeah, and because I think, Jay, as we're looking at all these shifts in culture and the attacks and the cancel culture and all that, um, it's hard to remove, sometimes for me, remove the emotion from it because I love the Lord. You know what I mean? I don't. I really do. And it's like, if you speak ill of my dad, I'll feel pretty bad about that. And the same is with if you speak ill of my Lord or incorrectly of him where people will be led astray. I do have emotion behind that because I know the Lord and I love the Lord. But that that, um, push that culture has against Christianity isn't against us. It's really about God. You can tra- you can trace every single social issue. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. It gets back to rejecting God creator, doesn't it? Right. Right. Yeah. When people reject the gospel, they're not rejecting you. Mm-hmm. They're rejecting Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I understand what you mean about, you know, when you're in a situation like that, you get emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, people like me and Chris, we're, we're very passionate, you know, but we have to learn to, to temper that. Um, when you think about Jesus, you know, when he suffered, he didn't fight back. When he was verbally abused, he never lashed back at people. You know, he didn't return evil for evil. And right. that's what we've got to be careful not to do when we're presenting truth. Otherwise, you know, then immediately 
people are going to reject what we have to say. We, right. We, there we is still a turnoff to, valve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We still have to do it with gentleness and respect, you know, h- yeah. however that fits the situation. Well, I just preached on uh, Matthew 23, where Jesus basically told off the whole town. <laughs> and if you read it in context, that's what he's doing. And yet there's also the idea of being, you know, quiet at times. And so it's it's a um, it's a moment-by-moment moment decision where it's not where being gentle and quiet is correct and being loud and abrasive is wrong. It's knowing when to use those right. things. And at the end of the day... Can you know the most loving thing you can do to a certain person is be abrasive and loud to them, but there's other people that's the worst thing in the world you could do. And the difference is is discernment and knowing your audience and knowing the situation you're in, not making right, a mountain out of a molehill. When when you can be all things to all people, that's what Paul said. When you can, but there's times when you can't. There's times when you got to put your foot on the gas and say this is the truth. I'm I, I don't I don't apologize for it. You know, that's yeah. the whole point of no apology with Emily and Chris is that we're going to just share the truth and we want to try to do it as gently and lovingly as possible. But sometimes we got to get up on the wheel and say, hey, this is this. You're going to die. Well, you, what you have to keep in mind is while, you know, Jesus was telling the people off, there's no doubt about that. But at the same time, he's going around healing people as well. And so right. there's this love that you have. And if you love something or someone, those things that come against that someone or something, you're going to hate. I mean, that they, they work in tandem with one another. And so I think you hit the nail on the head, Chris, the discernment where there's a time for everything under the sun. And mm-hmm. there's a time to be stern and stand firm and say what needs to be said and not worry about this, that, or that. But then there is a time to be gentle always though jay you were right always respectful check your yeah. motives what's your motive behind what you're saying are you trying to get snarky you're trying to get a jab in what's your motive right yeah. and you know when you when you think about jesus yeah there were times when he got angry he got upset um but what was his motivation and mm-hmm. and we go back to what john said about him that he was always full of grace and truth yes you know even even grace. when he spoke the truth it was it was full of grace mm-hmm. you know he just he just told yeah. it like it was whitewash tombs you brood of vipers i feel the grace i, I <laughs> yeah. feel the grace <laughs> but, but he spoke truth because yeah. he exactly. loved those people and he exactly wanted them to know who he really was yeah you know yeah. and and so that's that's what we've got to do when you speak yeah. the truth you do it in love yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we are uh, just a couple more minutes with you, Jay. If you're just tuning in, Jay Johnson, Pastor Jay Johnson, he's a long-term friend of ours, close family friend. Um, we've done a lot of different work and projects together over the years, and we've had hundreds of hours of conversations. We've we've shared tons of meals together. We've traveled together. And Emily is uh, going to be bringing up, um, when Mike Shaw joins the show here as our news director, about bringing the merge of politics and religion and I want to get your take on it. Where do you see the, because Emily's take is that you can definitely have politics and religion. You can have discussions. You can be engaged. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you've seen a lot in your time in ministry, Jay. What's your take on the Christians being told to shut their mouth when it comes to politics? Well, you know, I used to be very 
political. You know, I used to follow all of the political pundits and everything. And, uh, you know, since I've become a pastor, I, I'm still very opinionated, but I really don't share my opinion unless somebody asks me. And I don't share it from the pulpit. When I'm in the pulpit, I'm preaching the word of God. And there may be times when I talk about, you know, how Christians should deal with the government in general, society in general, those kinds mm-hmm. of things yep. without being very specific, because I don't want to come across as, you know, I'm, you know, this party or, or that party right. or this political agenda. But so, that's getting harder and harder to do, isn't it? No, it's not. I just keep preaching the word of God. And, yeah. you know, where, but I mean, the word of God pretty much exposes one side as being totally anti-Christian. Yes or no? Um, I, I preach the word of God and let the shoes fall where they may. Um, I, I, I really try hard not to be political in the pulpit. Right. Uh, Right. I, I don't think that that's what God wants me to do. Um, and people can draw their own conclusions. It's like I said, there's going to be many different points of view in the church. We don't have to agree on everything, especially when it comes to politics, but we still got to be unified. God's called us to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So right. I'm very careful about what I say in the pulpit as it pertains to politics. Right. So uh, I can't stand Trump. Biden's a demon. None of that. <laughs> <laughs> Seems I heard somebody preach that one time. No, yeah, that, I, I don't, don't know who do that. that was. Don't <laughs> do that. Exactly. See, do you notice there? I covered both sides of the aisle trying to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, one thing I I loved working with you, Jay, because um, we would do the morning show and then uh, you would come on in the afternoons. And I always listened just because your voice is like so. I don't even know what the word is. It's like you're you're listening to a good friend or a family member. And then when we got to really, um, you know, work together in more of a pastoral situation, that was really exciting, too. Are you still broadcasting your messages? Yes, we're on YouTube. You we are have okay. Zion, yeah, Zion Brethren in Christ YouTube channel. Oh, awesome! Nice. So they can they can just search Zion Brethren in Christ. That, that's a long title, dude. Mm-hmm. What's the yeah. name of your church again? But, but it's but it's important because there yes. are other Zion churches out there. Yep. But if you look for Zion Brethren in Christ Church on YouTube, you'll find us. Pastor Jay Johnson, he's like one of the very few pastors that can squeeze boom shakalaka into a sermon, and he does yeah. it seamlessly and very, very well. I love that. I've, I've stolen boom shakalaka, by the way. I, I, I kept my bada bing, bada boom, but I used your boom shakalaka once in a while. I, I have. I haven't done a boom shakalaka in a while. It might be time. <laughs> hey, you want to hear another Jay Johnsonism that came to Iowa? Oh yeah. Or, or... Amen and amen. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I started doing that, and I and I, and I know I I know you're the one who like subliminally taught me that. I you, you do that all the time, don't you? Amen and amen. I do, I do. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, that, become quite a quite a habit with me. But yeah, you know, and so now one. I've picked it up. Well, yeah. I, I thought you were going to actually mention another one that I think you got it from Jay Johnson. Correct me if I'm wrong, and that is. I got to bake fresh bread for these people every week. Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. that from Jay. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah no. We can You're milk like, a lot of cows, but we churn our own butters. Another one. Right. Like twins. And, and that, is, <laughs> that is so true as pastors. We can't come with stale bread in the no. pulpit on Sunday morning. People no, need no, some no. fresh bread. We got to bake it fresh every week. 
even if we're grabbing a 10-year-old sermon or, or seminary notes or whatever, dusting them off, you still got to create that freshness in it. You know what I mean? Well, that's assuming you went to seminary. Well, that's true. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't go to seminary. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, let, I don't know if we have time. We're kind of over time right now, but, but whatever. I would love for you to tell. We don't have sponsors, so who cares? Um, <laughs> I would love for you to tell the story of when you were on the air, because Jay's been on the air in four, for 40 different years. He actually helped Kay Arthur. He's worked for everybody you can think of. And he does have a big market voice. And didn't you do a bit about the perspective of, of like, and I'm paraphrasing now, you're going to have to tell the whole story, but you, you told the perspective of something from like the black community and somebody called you up and ripped you saying, how dare you have a right to say that? Oh, I can't remember I th- that. I think you were in Tennessee at the time. And it was like, because we were talking about how people didn't know you were black because of, you, you, because of your big market voice. I don't I know. Can't, I can't remember that, but I will share this. I can't, If I had a nickel for every time I met somebody who listened to me on the air and they looked at me and said, I didn't know you were black, I would be a rich man. <laughs> <laughs> I get you're taller on the radio. That's what I get. I get, what are you doing with these guys? (laughs) One time I I met a listener and he's like, I always pictured you as being six foot tall, blonde hair, blue eyes, and wear three piece suits. I'm like, you got me totally wrong, brother. Wow. (laughs) Spot on. (laughs) Spot on. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Uh, Our brains (laughs) naturally want to fill in the gaps with things that we don't know. And it kind of naturally does that, which I think is kind of important. Why? It's so important, people. Know the Word of God. Know what it says, because those gaps, your brain kind of will want to naturally fill in, and it's going to be easy for the enemy to come in and plant those bad seeds, Mm -hmm. fill in those gaps. We'll be too eager to accept them. But if you know what God's Word says, uh, those seeds will not take root. Jay Johnson's been our special guest, Pastor Jay Johnson, and we are just getting started on the program. He's going to be a regular contributor on the show as his schedule allows. Jay, any final thoughts you want to leave with the people on our last of our preseason shows? We're going regular season next week. Preseason? You mean this is not yeah. regular season? No, because of, you know, I had a, I had somebody, I'm not going to say any names, Jay Johnson, call me up and say, if it's Emily's show, quit talking so much. <laughs> See, that was one of those growing moments. Honey. Yes, yes. I, I thought this was regular season. Come on. No, no, this, this is the last of the preseason because we're still working it out. I mean, we still got bugs all over the place that we're trying to iron out, but we're getting close. It's all self-inflicted. We're just saying, hey, it's preseason because that way we don't have any rules. We have to follow, like, keep Jay's interview to 30 minutes. We're at 39 minutes and 15 (laughs) seconds and counting. But But, but who's counting? (laughs) Because it's preseason, right? So, Jay, final thoughts you want to leave with our audience on your first appearance on the uh, all-new No Apology with Emily and Chris show? Well, I'm just glad to be on the air with Emily and Chris and Maybe I'll get to interact with Mike some. Oh, yes, you know, we, for sure. We Real all, soon. We all go back to, to Arizona, and uh, it's just fun to be on the air together and, and talk about where the Lord has us and where he's brought us from. But I encourage everybody who's watching and, and listening, be a student of the word. And always, as Peter said, be prepared to give an answer for the reason, for the hope that is in you, and do it with gentleness and respect. And I guarantee you will be blessed by the Lord. Amen. 
and amen. And amen. Awesome. Amen. Couldn't have said it better myself. Pastor Jay Johnson, thanks for being with us. You're listening to No Apology with Emily and Chris. We'll be back in just a little bit. Welcome back to No Apology with Emily and Chris. So glad that you're just spending some time with us today because we got some important things that are going on that we're talking about. Uh, Mike Shaw is going to be joining us in just a few minutes here. Yep. But one of the things we were talking about with our former guest, our past guest, Pastor Jay Johnson, was just kind of the change in culture and how that impacts ministry and so on. And some of the confusion I think that is really prominent right now is that whole um, politics and religion, they mm-hmm. cannot mix. And people are under the assumption um, that while, yes, Jay was absolutely right, there were there are things, number one, you legally can't say from the pulpit, right. but there are things you shouldn't say from the pulpit, how that impacts pastors. However, people have taken that to the extreme that pastors aren't supposed to have any thoughts, opinions, or be able to talk about anything. Right. This is a lie. Talking about lies infiltrating the church, this is one of them, the separation of church and state. I understand when those lies are perpetrated on the general public, but then when they start coming into the church, then I get really concerned. Okay. Because like we were talking about, Chris, Mm -hmm. all of these attacks coming from culture are really attacks on Creator God, what He has said. It's an effort to tear down what God has said. Ask yourself this. When someone is talking about their emotions and their feelings and how we need to be loving towards this, what we're supposed to be loving towards, is it a thumb in the eye of Creator God? Yes or no? I mean, ask yes. yourself that question. Just be honest with yourself. Is that, is that too much to ask, that we be honest with ourselves? Because we can't seem to be honest with each other. Uh, you know, we, we always have to say, well, that person has no credibility, and then that mm-hmm. person doesn't have any credibility. And we've found this way to completely divide ourselves where when someone says something from the other side, it's just discounted. Right. So like what Jay's point was is preach the word, preach the word in season, out of season, just preach the word. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that it has to stop there. Right. Because I don't like to point out people's counterfeits that they have in their own wallets and in their own purses. Instead, I'd rather show them the original and let them find it. But sometimes they bring that argument to your doorstep Mm -hmm. and they say, my counterfeit is legitimate. Validate it. And that's when you have to say, no, sorry, not going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Mike Mike Shaw is standing by. Mike, I already brought you up on camera way too early, so I thought I'd get you to the conversation (laughs) now. I knew I felt something. Yeah, you've been brought up on camera before we even went went to you. So, Emily, <laughs> yes. uh, the three of us are here. Let's oh, talk good. about politics Let's and religion. Talk about Let's politics and religion. Everybody, why should we talk about <laughs> politics and religion? Because we can, can't we? It's still free country, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mike, I want to ask you because yeah. yes, there are um, laws on the books like the Johnson Law and the Hatch Act and so on, where there are limitations. These limitations don't only apply to pastors. They apply to Mm -hmm. other people in very persuasive, authoritative positions. Um, But we've gone a little too far. In fact, one of the most common phrases that I hear today is separation of church and state. Separation of church and state. Any Christian who says anything political or any politician who says anything 
remotely Christian, we get screamed down that those two things can't cross over. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts, Mike? Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, You talk about LBJ and and what he did. Um, The Johnson Law. The Johnson Law, when you become a 501c3 and you're not allowed to get political Mm -hmm. and you have to stay Mm nonpartisan, otherwise you lose your tax break status. Uh, that was a way to, you know, hem in the church, hem in nonprofits so that they wouldn't criticize, uh, say, in his case, a Democratic, you know, uh, administration. Right. Um, and so but and and we we know this because we work together at a nonprofit mm-hmm. and I was the news director at that nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we the, were always coached on what we could and couldn't say. Right. But those guidelines uh, specifically for the news department were OK, you don't endorse candidates. Correct. There and, you but, go. But you can talk all day long about um, issues, issues, yeah. issues. And that's exactly what we did. So, yeah. so what we did was we did subliminal stuff. Where, no, where Mike was talking, and then and then I would just be in the background yelling, "Vote Trump, vote Trump." <laughs> no, you bring up a good point, yeah. though. You no, bring I'm up joking. a really good point yes. that Trump you wasn't can... even born yet. I know, I know. <laughs> Political. That you, you you can talk about the issues all you want, and it's important to remember because this does apply for pastors as well. Mm-hmm. Any issues that are a concern to the church, um, the pastor is free to talk about yeah. in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. What yeah. they're not allowed to do is say, vote this guy or vote that gal. Endorse a political candidate or candidate or vice versa. Say mm-hmm. don't endorse that. And the reason for that, I think, is important. Well, let me give you an example. All right. All right. Here's an example. You can't go and say, um, vote all pro-life candidates, anybody that's for abortion, you know, shoot them down. You know, you, you protest against them. You, know, you can't call to action that way, but you can say, hey, the Bible points out the joy of life, and I encourage you to vote your values this, this I almost said Easter. <laughs> this, this, Something's this, on the ballot. You know that. This election season, yeah. this election season. Isn't it always election season at some so, point? So people, and Jay Johnson's the one who taught me this. Yep. He, you know, he's like, you don't have to be so specific, right. and you're not a radio show jock anymore. You're called to be in the pulpit, so you got to be a little bit different. And so I've been trying. I've been trying to leave names and political parties out of it, and people seem to get the gist of it. Right. Because we are now in a culture where one political party absolutely hates authentic Christianity. That's been stated. That's been stated. And so now now what do you do? You have a political party who has made their objective very clear in word, on paper, audibly, both. We're recording um, on Thursday, April twentieth, and today in the Supreme Court, the Biden administration is is arguing against another Christian issue. It's just sickening, right? It's, As, it's, but so, but, the, it's for, but we can't say that from the pulpit. They've come out and we said we have to be better than that. If you are a Christian, there's no place for you in this party. Chris has it exactly right. When you vote your values, right? And right. so when Jay is talking about, he puts out the word, puts out the word, puts out the word. As you're sitting under good teaching, as you're reading your Bible and you're getting uh, bathed in the truth, mm-hmm. the truth, mm-hmm. then you're naturally, that's naturally going to flow out Shine of you through. into other areas of your life, mm-hmm. including exactly. how you vote and whether or not you knock on doors for particular candidates if you want to get that involved. Thank God that God has called people to politics. Right. Where would politics be without good 
Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christians. Well, I think they'd be where we are today right now in 2023. (laughs) That's where we'd be. Um, Because when you do look at, like, throughout history, anytime there was a big shift um, where laws started to change in order Mm -hmm. to support and define that shift as good and right and proper, Mm -hmm. the church was always at the forefront. Yeah. It was always at the forefront. Um, And if you stand on the biblical truth and you're sharing biblical truth, that will cross over into policies. And I know that back when I was growing up, my whole family was Democrats, and there were times that the Democratic Party was on the side of what the Bible would represent. And there was a time when both parties seemed to want to do right for the population. I think that's completely gone now. In the last decade, it's just been throttled to where almost like we don't even, authentic Christians don't even know where to turn half the time, but we also know that this policy is against the Word of God. That policy is against the Word of God. This other policy is straight up justifying sin and making us swallow sin, and we have to capitulate and bend the knee to this issue if we want to be, you know, have a voice in culture, and we say we can't. The Bible doesn't allow us to. From the pulpit is different than Christians being involved in politics. But to me, it's not politics, it's policy. What say you, Mike Shaw? I agree with that uh, 100%. And, you know, the the church, God put the church here, Jesus put the church here to be the pillar of his principles in the culture, in the yeah, world. exactly. And a big part of that is, well, there's a saying, you know, I'm not interested in politics, but politics is interested in you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, bingo! And so, your kids. Yeah, and, and your, your kids. And your kids' kids, So people right? who represent you, at least for now in our country, a representative republic, yeah. these people represent you and they make decisions on your behalf. So the you probably want to pay attention to what's going on and to the degree that you're called to get involved, get involved and fight for biblical truths. You make a really good point. You make a really good point, though, Mike. We are a government of the people, by the people, for the people. This is kind of new. It's relatively new. Um, And it kind of smacks back to when Israel was saying, give us a king, give us a king. And God says, hey, you know what? If you want a king, I'll give you a king, but I'm going to tell you what the king's going to do. King's going to freaking take over, okay? He's going to take over. Did he over. use the word freaking? I think he did. <laughs> okay, I just want to make uh, every sure. Every aspect I, of What life. translation would I see that in? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he That's warned us. That's in the us. NNIV. He, the was, Neighborhood New International yes. Version Standard. Yeah. Gangsta version. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. when I think of Gramster Emily Danielson, I'm thinking gangster every time. Okay. Point being, All God right. warned the Israelites, this is what's going to happen. Uh, that king is going to take over every aspect of your life. And they're like, okay, that's cool. We'll take it anyway. And that's exactly what we're seeing happen. God tells us if we aren't going to let God be our king in a way mm-hmm. that we can govern ourselves according to, the, according to God— then you're going to have a king that's going to over that's going to run roughshod over you. That's the way it is. He warned us and we're we're seeing it happen. This was the uniqueness of the United States of America in that guess who's the government? It's not the people sitting in Washington, it's you. They're just your representative. So whatever they do, it's good in theory. Might have worked for first 150 years, but no, it ain't you, working today. You are responsible for what those people in Washington are doing. And nobody really thinks about that. 
they just think, oh, they're bad people and we're good people and, and we're just going to wash our hands. No, good luck with that pilot. It doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. They are your representative. You choose them. So what's going on in Washington is your responsibility right now. So Well, I, want- I have one vote against 10,000 George Soros votes. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> right? I'm trying to get people right. in there that, that work. But, you know, I mean, there's only so much but I can I do. But I think back to great, great, great grandpa and were politicians doing things back then that they're doing today you know, great great grandpa and his buddies probably would have done a little bit more about it than yeah. what we're doing today. But Mike, I want to ask you because Trump mm-hmm. actually talked about yeah. getting rid of the Johnson Law. Do you remember that? Well, I think it's a good idea, and you, we've had uh, pastors who have you know have taken stands. Um, Alliance Defending Freedom was a spearhead of this back in the day, and I think they're still doing it uh, to a degree where they mm-hmm. pick a day out of the year or a Sunday out of the year. Mm-hmm. where they encourage pastors to take a stand on social issues, issues from the yeah. pulpit. Because you can do that. You You're can. allowed to do that, regardless of what the uninformed might say. Well, Mike, you brought some news headlines that we're going to quickly talk about, and sure. then we're going to get into right on, way off. What is your first news story for uh, us today? DailyWire.com headline, 69% of Americans hold negative view of economy. Mm. And uh, it goes on to say that Americans have lost an average of $7,400 in income. Since President Joe uh, Biden entered office, my how thought, much seventy four hundred dollars in income just That's out the huge. window. A poll, yeah, um, from the Heritage Foundation. Wow, and studies show that uh, Americans have lost seventy four hundred dollars in average in That's huge wow. income. It's huge. I'm I'm part of the sixty nine percent. Yeah, thank you very much. My very question was when I saw this headline, it screamed at me. Who are these other twenty one percent or thirty one percent? George Soros. <laughs> Biden. No, no, it, it, yeah. yeah, no. I mean, yeah. it's everybody's got their their worldview. <laughs> worldview matters. Writing the Bible on your heart matters. These are things that are real, right? Sure yeah. does. And you know, under our previous administration, uh, you may have remembered that unemployment was at all time lows. Yep. The economy was humming right along. It Gas was. was a lot less than it is now. <sighs> mm-hmm. You could find uh, a dozen eggs. <laughs> and you didn't have to uh, take mm-hmm. out a loan yeah. to get them. So, um, you, you know, there's a difference in policy. Uh, no, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty obvious. And, yeah. you know, I remember some of the people were saying that Trump's economy wasn't that big of a deal. It's not that good. Now they're saying Biden's economy is not that bad of a deal. It's, it's just fantastic. not that bad. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm sorry, but even the most, the most neutral person in the world, yeah. which I try to be, I try to be that. I do not. I know you don't. We, everybody knows you're a Republican operative, Mike. That's and right. and yes. why, why deny it? I mean, just be who you are. I got paid well for it. I'm a, I'm a pastor and former journalist and mm-hmm. former broadcaster mm-hmm. who has really tried to be Switzerland as best I can. I have so many people in my family. Well, many of them used to be Democrats. They've since left the party. But that's my heritage. And so I have a heart for the Democratic Party. I really do. Uh, But, you know, the Republican Party has been the one that has fallen down on my side of the issues most of my adult life. And so trying to be Switzerland, trying to look at that, it's hard to deny $7,500 just flying out the back door for nothing. It's really hard to deny that. And I'm with you, right? You know, I'm, I'm a journalist. As well, and but what has informed me is uh, when I became a Christian in 2000, 
And then I start to see what works and what helps people as opposed to what doesn't help people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you talk about a lot of Democrats that have left the Democrat Party, uh, either to become independent or Republicans, because the Democrat Party left them. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Look, there used to be a balance between... You know, it's people that leaned a little liberal and people that lean conservative. Oh, I have a liberal worldview on this, but I have a conservative worldview on that. And I mean, back from the economy to, to social issues and back and forth, that doesn't exist anymore. No. It, to be honest with you, just leveling with you from my perspective, mm-hmm. it was during the Obama administration when this all went away. Yep. And they, they, they closed it off and they said, we're going to divide people on every line we possibly can. And they came out hard against the conservative Christian values that many of us hold to. And that's what we're trying to pick up the pieces for and find that balance. What can we talk about? What can't we? And Pastor Jay Johnson has a great idea. Just preach the word and, yep. and let the let the word of God and the Holy Spirit be the unleashed tiger on the soul. Yeah, I think that is ultimately the answer. And that's certainly how I got to where I am. I'm a mercy guy. You know, you take all the tests and I'm a mercy guy. You know, I, yeah. I like, I love people. I and, like you know, mercy. Stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. Mercy's good. <laughs> Um, I'm more a throw the first stone and see if you need to throw the second kind of guy. All right. Well, there's there's some people that like they like the mercy for themselves, uh, but yeah, not necessarily God for others. For right, others right. Right. What else is on the news docket today, Mike Shaw? Well, this is really the the headline for today. Uh, this is torn from today's headlines. So Thursday, what is today? The twentieth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have the House has passed. The Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act. Mm. What does it say in that thing? Because it sounds good on the surface. I'm looking at the thing right now. It says zero Democrats voted for it. Shock. Okay, so it should Mm. probably be pretty good. What's in this bill? So Maida Flores, uh, the the first tweet we have up, uh, the House voted in favor of protecting women in sports. And basically it just bans males from competing in women's sport. Awesome. Uh, It's pretty bizarre that we would have to have even have this debate and vote in Congress and even more bizarre that zero Democrats would vote for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that is where we are. And then you know, the next tweet just kind of explains it a little further when Representative Mary Miller uh, took to the floor in support of the bill and her tweet kind of uh, quotes what she said in her speech, mm-hmm. which was, you know, I don't know if you saw this in San Francisco State University. Riley Gaines was attacked. She is an American women's swimmer. Mm-hmm. And uh, her her basically her presentation was we should not be forced to share a locker room with biological men. Mm. It's not dangerous. It's not safe. I mean, it's not safe. It's dangerous. And it's very uncomfortable. And why do you want to put women through that? Plus, they're biological men, mm-hmm. you know, and they're 200th or something in their sports in, in yeah. men's ranking. And then they're in the top 10. If when they become a woman, it shouldn't be, you know, their retirement plan. So, you know, she was attacked for standing up. She was assaulted. Uh, and then she was chased back into a classroom and Ooh. held, basically couldn't leave for two hours. And the she police had a police, no, she had a police escort with her and, yeah. and they were in the room with her and they, they, they're they going to have to testify because, yeah. uh, you know, Riley, right, rightfully so, wants to hold them accountable. Exactly. Yeah. Did you, anybody, did either Emily, you or Mike, did you read the response from one of the higher ups? I don't know if it was the chancellor of the school, but it was somebody like that. At San Francisco, did you read what I they wrote? I did not read it. No, they wrote that all these trans protesters showed courage. Yeah, right. And and they just right. should be they should be esteemed for how they stood up. It's like no, you 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 tried to browbeat and 
and and basically assault they did. a single woman. This they is, hit her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, this is terrible. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, this is this is the epitome of lying hypocrisy. Yeah. And if you can't see it mm-hmm. and you and you want to have this empathy towards this agenda, it's not only going to not end well for you know, the people who are opposing it, it's not going to end well for the people that are involved in it and propagating it either. Just keep that in mind, because this really is and I'm going to get to this in just a minute. This really is what uh, Jay Johnson and we were talking about earlier in that this is really nothing more than people rejecting God. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on here. This is not about sports. This is not about scholarships. This is not about earning money. This is, this is about putting your thumb in the eye of God who said, I am your creator. I created you this way, and you are good. Not you as in a human being, but when he finished his creation, he looked at it and said it was good prior to the fall. Well, that's, I think, one of the biggest things that we have to deal with Right, is that there's a worldview out there that says that people are basically good. Mm-hmm. And then there's the biblical worldview that says, no, people are basically bad, and we are sinful in need of a Savior. And it starts there. That's kind of the crux of it all. So, right, exactly. Mike, final thoughts you want to leave on this subject before we get it to right on, way off? Yeah, just to, to springboard off of that, you know, what does Satan do? Satan lies to you, mm-hmm. tells you that you are naturally good and not bad, and then says, hey, it's okay for you to change your gender because God made a mistake, and he'll lie to you about that. (laughs) And then, you know, you get praised by your chancellor at San Francisco State University for Mm -hmm. assaulting someone for telling the truth. Terrible. And then what does Satan do? Mm-hmm. Satan will then pull the rug out from under you, yeah, because exactly. you are on the menu next. Yeah, exactly. You, you might be the hero of the culture today, but Satan's not your friend, and no, and so that's why we're standing for the truth, truth, mm-hmm. because you know that's where your safety lies is in God's light. Yeah, I've always said this, and I'll say you'll hear me say it over and over again. Uh, Satan's desire for his most staunch supporter is the same as his desire for his most ardent Mm. opposer. Death and destruction. So you may as well go out swinging, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's what leads to life. And if you think, if you're thinking, Emily, this doesn't have anything to do with church, this doesn't have anything to do with God, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) Listen to this. I don't know if you guys saw this, but transgender advocate Dylan Mulvaney, which we've been hearing Mm. about in the news a lot with Bud Light and with Nike or whatever, um, came out as a religious martyr, so to speak. He's trying to blur the nation's recognition of men and women, obviously, but this is what Dylan had to say. He says, I'm trying really hard to maintain a relationship with God. Uh, he He's presenting himself as a like Audrey Hepburn lookalike, I guess. And that was in March uh, 13th, New York Rockefeller Center. That's what he said. He says, I don't think God made a mistake with me and that maybe one day I will actually be grateful for being trans, that this isn't some curse, but it's just a different path. To the same destination. Mm. Mm. But a key word in there, uh, he says, I'm trying really hard to maintain a relationship with God. Key, 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 right? Uh, God maintains the relationship with you. When we surrender our life completely to the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the author, perfecter, 
and finisher of our faith. He does the work. And no, God didn't make a mistake when he made you like that. Um, He didn't make you like that. You have become your own God, and that's what your desire is. So when you're talking about God there, when Dylan's talking about God there, Mm -hmm. he's talking about himself, and he wants to be happy and content in himself, and he's he's thinking if we just go along with it, he'll feel better. Yeah. Doesn't work that way. Well, I just want to say that I think we need more masculinity in our culture. Yeah. And I think that this whole idea of toxic masculinity, there is a little mm, of truth there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, macho guy is really annoying guy, and <laughs> we don't need more of him. But to call any masculinity toxic masculinity is way off base. It's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And Emily, I know you have strong feelings about this because you, I don't know. <laughs> You married I'm a woman. me. You married me, so you must I'm a like woman. weirdness. And, and guess what the word "woman" in Hebrew? <laughs> guess what that ru- that what that word means? Complainer. No. No. <laughs> no. No. It means warrior. Oh. See, I was close. <laughs> I thought so, that was Zena in the Latin. <laughs> No, 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 no. No, it's, there's a particular Hebrew word, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar, so I'm not going to try to, like, teach this Hebrew lesson or anything. Yeah. No, I should have said, when you said, what does it mean in Hebrew, I should, women mean in Hebrew, I should have said, awesome. <laughs> Close. Better than a man. <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's no, right, because no, the no, greatest no. woman in America is a man. I'm sorry. I got, I'm all confused. <laughs> All right. Okay, so here, the word is used. There's a Hebrew word that's used like 20 times in the Bible that refers to women. And that word literally means powerful woman or warrior woman. Mm -hmm. Warrior. Like drive a peg through the temple of a dude. Warrior. If you you have to do that. A mama bear. Yeah, exactly. I've watched my mom and you and other people that I've been close to that are mothers. They become mother bears. Yeah, exactly. Brave, yeah, warriors of good thing. Brave, full of strength. Um, th- it's actually a two-word. It's two words that the Bible in Hebrew uses for woman, and it means either princess, valiant, and that second word means power and might. So, women, as you're feeling small and insignificant, and you know, I'll oh, just be really nice and not make any waves. I just want to remind you. Warrior is in the title, huh? Yeah. So be strong, and, be courageous. And, and by the way, that is not a warrior that then dominates a man. Doesn't Just take like over the man's role. Just like toxic masculinity in its purest form doesn't dominate a woman. Exactly. The gender roles served populations for years, and some of the most awesome things in the world are really powerful men, really outrageously strong men who temper that back in a gentleness that comes from God. I. I we complement each other. Yes, but and so to a try place to place for both. So to try to raise up a woman past the warrior status that you're talking to into a dominator, no, somebody who it's can just dominate things. Doesn't say or, dominate. I know, but <laughs> and, and same with masculinity to, to be to be an actual man who wants to be manly isn't wrong in and of itself. It's well, when no. it's when it skews out of control and you make it into something that it was never supposed to be. Right. That's why it's like I don't think there is a good masculinity and a bad masculinity. Masculinity in and of itself is not a negative. 
Well, I it's can tell you, I disagree not. with there's you. There's a need for it. I disagree with you. I think there's good masculinity. I think there is bad masculinity. I've seen it. I think that that person's I've not masculine. Okay, give me an example. Okay, when don't look at Mike Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be just sitting here. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna laser in focus right here. Okay. When bad masculinity yeah. is when you think you're such a big man that you can't say you're sorry. Mm. When you think you're such a big man, I told my wife I loved her on my wedding day. She doesn't need to hear it. It's been 10 years. She should know by now. That's what I call bad masculinity. Good masculinity is I don't want to have to tell my wife I love her every day, but I'm going to because I know it's something that she wants and needs in her life. Do you get the difference? I think the first one that you're talking about is not masculinity at all. I think it's insecurity. And I think oh, that sure. uh, <laughs> let me be wrong in my wrongy wrongness over here. I do. Someone that can't apologize is too insecure to apologize. Someone that can't say I love you is too insecure of rejection. Do you see what I'm saying? And so yeah. there's there's fear there. There's ooh vulnerability there. And okay, let me use so the phrase. Let me, let me use this phrase. Opposite of that. Let me use this phrase. Yep. Overcompensating for their inadequacies. Yeah. That could be bad masculinity. Okay. Is it that you can't learn or you won't? (laughs) Said the warrior to the unmasculated. Yeah, no such thing as bad masculinity. There are men who behave badly, but when they do, that's not masculine. Same with women who behave badly. Mike Shaw, do you want to? That's not feminine. Mike Shaw, do you want to weigh in and save a marriage here? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, no problem. We'll pay you therapy hours. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. All right. So I mean, that's why we have the Bible. That's why God gave us his love letter. People are yeah. messed up. Yeah. You know, you might have been messed up in the way you were brought up and you have some problems. Maybe you are insecure. Maybe you came by that honestly. Maybe you are too stubborn to learn. But the Bible and God through his Holy Spirit is going to work in conjunction with with your realization that I have some work to do here, and we right. all have some work to do here. Yeah, um, we do, yeah. Your Bible is your instruction book on it finding is. that balance. I love that you brought that up, because guess what it says? What does um, it say? Chris, I do agree 100% where you said, I think the lack of masculinity is the problem that's going on in our culture today. Wow, when that, you, that goes completely you, against what a lot of people are saying. I know, but right. let's turn to Matthew chapter 11, okay. verses 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Uh, It's 11 through 13. I've got it right here for everybody. From the days of John the Baptist till now, Mm -hmm. the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. Mm -hmm. What does that tell you? I mean, let's just think about John the Baptist to begin with. Mm -hmm. I don't think I think he had dirt under his nails. I'm just going to put that out there. He wore animal. He was a tough guy. I'm going guy. with the locust and the honey, you know, just between <laughs> yeah. his teeth, the leather belt, you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, this was a man's man. I don't think there's, I can't think of anybody who was probably more manly than John the Baptist. Well, let me give you the uh, uh, translation that we've pumped into the system that's on the screen right All now right. for those of you watching, those of you just listening. Yep. Uh, my people that don't want to look at me. <laughs> That just want to hear the, the radio show. Here it is, Matthew 11, 11 through 13, with the translation that Mike Shaw loaded into the system here. Ready? Okay, yes. Verse 11, truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist, mm. yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. 
Verse 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence. Yes. And violent people have been raiding it. Yes. For all the prophets of the law and the law prophesied until John. Emily, tell people what that means. What that means is not that uh, people who are putting the gospel forward are brutes, but what that's saying is there will be violence against the church, Mm -hmm. okay? But you know what? The church is going to advance against it. Mm -hmm. And that does not take wimpy, soft people. That takes strong, warrior, tough, unselfish, masculine and feminine women to advance Masculine men and feminine women. Yeah, what did I say? You said masculine and feminine women. Oh, no, masculine men and feminine women. um, That we're going to move it forward, but it's going to be a tough job, okay? Mm -hmm. It's going to be a tough job. And 2 Timothy chapter 1 through 7 says, Mm -hmm. flat out, the Spirit of God does not give us You know, the Spirit of God is not timidity. Mm -hmm. We aren't timid. We don't wilt back. We don't shrink back. But it gives us the spirit of power, love, and discipline. Think of the most disciplined people on the face of the earth. Who do you think of? You think of athletes. Mm -hmm. You think of strong people. You think of people who do hard, hard stuff. Right. I mean, this is these are God's people. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the people who want the easy road. And if anybody, if everybody could just get along, then no one would have to feel bad and everything would be wonderful. Okay. That's coming. Mm-hmm. That's coming in eternity. Mm-hmm. But we have to put this, we have to advance the gospel if we can get as many people as God is calling into that kingdom. Whether there is no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death, none of that stuff. But it is by forceful men that this gospel moves forward. No apology with Emily and Chris and Mike Shaw. Right on way off. Mike Shaw's favorite segment is coming up next. Just around the corner. Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. We are your home for straight talk, Bible, fun, Christian apologetics, Christian living, all of it. Emily, <laughs> it's your show. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's probably my favorite part of the whole show. So we're doing it at every show. We play the game right on, way off. We're switching it up a little this time. Well, it's time. And, and I'm so glad that you decided to do that because... I have been the driver of a lot of these type of bits in our show for 20 years, over 3,000 shows, and now it's it's your turn. It's your time. Well, see, and I was a little apprehensive because I don't know if you know this, Mike Shaw, but uh, Chris's dream job was to be a game show host. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> I would have been good, too. I tell you what, growing up, my dream job was to be a game show host. <laughs> Are you kidding? No. So I can wow. relate. Yeah. I watched all the game shows. Yeah. And Wink Martindale. And, yeah. You know, well, in our comedy and in our marriage conferences, <laughs> and we go do date nights and stand up right? comedy stuff, we do a couple different game yeah. shows. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, we just did a marriage conference in January, and it had been the mm-hmm. first one we've done in like five years. And man, were we rusty. Uh, but it was still good. It was still fun. fun. Yeah. It was still good. It just wasn't great. Yeah. I got to yeah. host a game show Ooh. for our donors when in, where we worked in Arizona. Oh. And I got to put the questions together and send the prizes. Yeah, I remember that. And my favorite part was one of the prizes was a new car <laughs> sent. A new car sent. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 It was a little one of those little trees little or whatever. Trees, yeah. yeah. You're gonna win a Toyota. A little toy <laughs> a little Yoda. Toy. Yeah, Toyota. <laughs> All right, Emily, you're driving the train. All right, it's right, right on, on way off. Right Let's on hit it. right on way off. I'm gonna put some things out there and you guys are gonna tell me. Uh, is this right on or is this way off? Do we buzz in? Or? You don't have to oh, buzz okay. in. I'll pick somebody and then I'll tell you who's right. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, yeah, that's fine. And uh, for the record, what we did for years on the old Chris and Emily show is we would not tell each other what we were bringing to the show. Right. right. That way we'd get spontaneity. Yep. But there are benefits of being show prepped and knowing what the questions are. And sure. I asked Emily an hour ago, I said, can we get the questions for right on way off? And she said... I don't have them. She said, no, you no. don't get to know him. You get to hear him on the air. And Would that's you say it. that to Alex Trebek? What? I want to know the question. Of course I'd say it. <laughs> would you Would you give the debate questions in advance to Hillary yeah. Clinton? All right. First of all, let's let's just let's just be let's just be Hillary honest. Hillary. Let's just be honest. If you ever wake up and see I'm a contestant on Jeopardy, know that Jesus returned and you got left behind. Okay. Because <laughs> I am not Jeopardy material. All right. Right on way off. Emily, take it away. All right. First question uh, is I'm going to ask Chris first, and then Mike can respond. There is a bill that's making its way through the Alabama legislature right now that is requiring students to pass financial literacy courses in order to graduate. This Mm. would include managing a bank account, balancing a checkbook, money uh, money management, loans, types of loans, basic principles of insurance, taxation, Mm -hmm. and others. Is that a good bill, right on or way off? All right. I'm going to go right on with a caveat. All right. The caveat is I don't know what is all in this bill, but it sounds good on the surface. And I know there's many things that come from both sides of the aisle that sound good right off the bat. Then you dig a little deeper and you're like, "Eh, I'm not sure that would work. Well, it'll be up to the schools to develop courses and criterion and stuff like that. But the reason I'm right on is that the school has to get back to woodshop and home economics and get out of gender studies and trying to push sexual orientation stuff on kids. Well, that's not part of the bill. <laughs> I remember I remember going into eighth grade, eighth grade, yeah. okay, and I graduated in the early 80s. In eighth grade in the 70s, we had a health book that was explaining how the birds and the bees work, and that was eighth grade. They now say that they give that same curriculum to third graders. Yeah, I know. Why? Yeah. Why? Get the public school, you know, the public school system, um, first of all, another caveat, so many people, don't laugh at me, don't laugh at me, the, the public school system has some great teachers in it. They have some wonderful yeah. godly men and women that are fighting the good fight. Mm-hmm. And so I have to always say that because I, I think of about 20 of them that many of them I still pray for on a regular basis because I know they're in there. I know they're, yeah. they're doing the best. Our kids had some great teachers. But yeah. the public school system, it needs to be the overhauled. System. And Trump yeah. and DeVos couldn't do it in four years. It's so corrupted with things that don't matter. So That's yes, true. teach people how to balance a checkbook rather than so you're why right 17 genders is the right way to go. <laughs> you know, come on. So okay. I'm right on. Right Mike on. Shaw. Mike Shaw. Maybe you even know more about this bill that's moving through Alabama. I don't know. It's it's Alabama specific. So 
Uh, I've never been to Alabama. Oh. But uh, that's right on. It's a beautiful place. Uh, yeah. Well, I've been to Mississippi. That's where my dad grew up. And it, I'm sure it's similar. Mm-hmm. Lots of hardwood, softwood, combined forests. It's beautiful. Yep. Squirrels We're talking about a bill. Come on. <laughs> oh. This is oh. worse than Jay and her wow. talking about gardening. That's <laughs> hypocritical if I ever heard it. That was pretty good. How long would the hostas live if we replant them, Mike? <laughs> so, in, in, so let me just answer the question about finances. Rather yes. than yes. all the stuff that Chris talked about. Yes. Uh, <laughs> of course, that's right on. You should teach kids about finance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chris mentioned balancing a checkbook. I'm, I don't want to get caught behind him at the store if he's still writing checks. But um, <laughs> yes, you should be able to handle your money and to be able to figure out interest. Yes. I, have, I have high interest in that. Okay. Yeah. So right on? Right on. Right, right on. on. All right. I Actually, okay, I'm, gonna, this, I'm making this short and sweet. Right on with a caveat, just like Chris. I I do think they should be teaching things, but here's my confusion. I was taught these things. Mm -hmm. Like I was taught in math class how to how compound interest worked. Mm -hmm. I was taught in home economics, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole banking thing. I was taught in I was taught about all this stuff. I talk about I was taught about taxes in my government classes. Like I knew that so I don't know when we lost it, but we lost it. And they should be uh, teaching it, but then I always have that concern that you know these are the same people that convinced all these generations of children or or the past generation of children that they need to go to college, otherwise they're going to be broke all their life. And here we have now all these people with college degrees who are absolutely broke for the rest of their life. So mm-hmm. um, you take out that biblical worldview, and God has to say something about everything, including money. Uh, you take out that biblical worldview from handling money. I don't know. There is a there's a concern there, but I do. I'm I'm glad. I hope this bill passes, and I hope they start. There's teaching somebody's trying something. Re- is how I'm looking exactly, at it. Somebody's trying exactly. something. Exactly. So very good. All Question right. number two. We'll go to number Mike two. first. A recent poll asked registered voters what their number one concern is today. Personally, Mm. the number one thing that voters were concerned about, this is above immigration, above abortion, above all, even the financial crisis, their biggest concern was woke policies in children's education. Are the voters on to something? Are they right on or are they way off? They are right on. And it really shows you how much uh, the woke culture is being recognized for what it is, destructive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you know the phrase, and it's in being you know a person who's worked in politics for many years. It's the economy, stupid. <laughs> but when it's right? but when it becomes it's woke, uh, you know that uh, that destructive hammer of wokeism has really gotten everyone's attention, and we do need to kill it with fire. So I am right okay. on with that. Awesome. How about you, Chris? Uh, I am right on. All right. Yeah. All right. And that's all I have to say about Very that. Very good. I love it. A man, a few no, words. We, we, we really need strong Americans to stand up right now mm-hmm. and be authentic in their faith. And part of that means living out their faith. And I know some Christians that are even creating alternative economies, and there's people that want uh, an alternative, you know, there's people that want blue states and red states to divorce and, like, have their own separate countries and different mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. But, yes, woke policies... I think are the detriment, and I you, you got a long line at the airport. Um, ask yourself: Did the most qualified people get hired, or did they hire the ones that actually fit the agenda 
of whoever was pushing for that particular airline or that particular country. Right. Yeah. You know, we're hearing that from I'm hearing from pilots that there is an infiltration of some of the lowest level pilots are getting in because they have the right orientation, the right gender preference or the right skin color. Rather um, than the qualifications. Rather than the qualifications. Right, exactly. And, um, you know, that's that's heartbreaking. So okay. I'm, I'm right on. We, we've got to okay. avoid woke policies as woke policies stand because they really don't benefit the people. Yeah, they dismantle everything, don't they? Yeah. Okay, so uh, here's the next question, question number three. And this is just a quote. I don't know who said it, but I thought it was really interesting. And I started thinking it through, and I thought I want to know what you guys think. You can tell me whether this quote is right on or way off. It says, nobody has to invite a drunk to a bar because that's their nature. A Christian will want to go to church because that's their nature. Right on or way off? Who goes first? Uh, uh, I'll do Mike. Okay. Mike, go first. Right on. I just saw this today on Facebook. Did you see? Yeah, it wasn't your Facebook either, so I think it's going around <laughs> right now, but... I mean, that is right on. Um, you know, I, I get, ex- well, let me put it this way, and, and I'm not trying to bash, bash a certain church at all, and I'm not going to name them, but I was going to a church, and they were more, and, you know, kind of self-identified as, like, seeker-sensitive, okay. and I didn't have a problem with that. They, right. they mm-hmm. wanted to reach uh, the, their the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, seeker-sensitive church. churches can right. be feast or famine. It, de- right. it depends on... Where they fall down on the authority of God's word, but that's a whole Thank other you, topic. Mike. But seeker sensitive, <laughs> seeker sensitive church, Mike. What was going on? Well, so I was meeting with one of the pastors because I had attended a few weeks, and I had, and as a pastor, I know I knew as a friend already. And he said, Mike, on purpose, we are a church for people who don't like church. We're trying to okay. attract the unchurch, and and I was like. I can't stay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, love church. church. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think that's right. And 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 their mission uh, and I was not called to it mm-hmm. uh, was to reach their neighborhood and then to get people on fire for right, God. It was right. good teaching once you got there. So right, I, I exactly. want to make that cool. clear too. All right. But um yeah, if you if you have God's spirit in you and you love God and you love God's people, yes, you want to go to church. All right, it's an evidence, I okay. guess is what he's saying. What I, do you think? Chris? I need the quote again so I can tell All you whether right. I'm right on or wrong. Nobody right. has to invite a drunk to a bar. That's his nature. A Christian will want to go to church. That's his nature. I'm way off. Oh, yeah. ouch, why? I'm way off because I think that we have a sin nature and that when Christ takes out our heart of stone and puts in a heart of flesh, that justification that happens, then sanctification, some people are calling it spiritual formation, some people are calling it a few other things, but you basically start growing in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And in that growth in the Lord, then you start developing a a heart for wanting to go to the church. And so I, I, I can I don't disagree with the right on, but like I'm it. way off because so many people get pulled away from church saying, I can be a Lone Ranger Christian. Mm. It's only once they've had their butt handed to them about 25 times spiritually <laughs> that then they realize, no, I can't do this alone. It's right. better with others. Think of the zebras that are being hunted by the lions. They stay in that pack they can try to pick one off, but they stay in the pack. They look mm-hmm. for somebody to go off on their own, yeah. and then they, the lions attack. Satan's the same way. Yeah. So you need church, and sometimes we don't recognize our needs until after we've been through some things. After sanctification, spiritual formation starts to happen, after people start to grow in the Lord, 
then they understand it their grows, need. It grows. It grows. And then yeah. they have. Then I'm right on. But yeah. for you know, just authentic- there can be those twinges, is hey, what you're saying. The drunk, the drunk will go and drink a bottle by himself in the basement without going to the bar. You right. follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. But I get what you're saying. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna quasi way off, even though I think you guys are right on. I get it. I get yeah. it. We have a pastor who doesn't want to go to church. Uh, <laughs> and don't be no, a zebra. No. Once, once you love the church and you join the church and you're part of it, it it's something that you don't want to ever live without. I know. And right. so that's where I'm right on. But but just because all of a sudden you become a Christian, you you know, I know there's so many people that struggle with the church, going to church, and they they they've committed their lives to Jesus. Yeah. So I don't want to I don't want to diss that struggle. That, uh, right. And so there's ways we can make church more comfortable. But in the seeker-sensitive movement, even Bill Hybels came out in October 2008. He's the one who started Willow Creek. He came out in 2008 and said, mm-hmm. I was wrong. Yep. I was wrong. We have to have a more biblical Jesus to bring people to rather than just bringing them to anti-church church. Yeah. And yeah. so that's It is where, a battle. It is yeah. a battle. I'll give you that. Um, that's so I am you... right on, although I'm way off. Right. On. I, and especially you've after, always been a little off. Yeah, but I'm glad you're admitting it. Especially yeah, after course. you've had your striped rear end handed to yourself. <laughs> That's right. That's your right. Striped rear end. All right. Okay, next next time we're gonna allow for more time for this game, but I do have one more question. Or last one. All right, Emily, hit us. Last question. Easy peasy. Best Mexican food in the US is in Tucson, Arizona. Right on, way off, Chris. I'm right on. Yeah. Yeah. We've ate in Mexican in California and Texas. Uh we've you know, we've had it in Iowa, Nebraska, the you know, the the bread basket the of Mexican food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I I I believe in, in John Madden's idea. John Madden wrote a book years ago when he was traveling around on the Madden cruiser. <laughs> and John Madden said that uh the water in the local areas of not only affects the dough that you make or the vegetables that you grow because they've been watered with that or you wash the vegetables in that, and that gives it its unique flavor, which is why New York pizza tastes like New York pizza where? In New York City. Mm-hmm. Do you know that that New York City pizza place that we said was so great in Phoenix, they had jugs of New York water shipped to them that they would mix their dough with, their flour to make their dough to make New York pizza. So... My personal Tucson, Arizona, very best Mexican food I've ever had, bar none. Okay. I'm, I'm, what am I, right on? Wow. I'm right yeah, on. Yeah, I guess you're yeah. right on. Okay. Only Chris can mix tacos, Tucson, and John Madden <laughs> and water from New York all in one little no, conversation. No, food it's tastes good. different. Yeah. I, no, it's hey, true. Hey, we were in, we were in uh, Salinas, California. The, yes, it, the uh, salad bowl. Salad bowl of America. Of the country, yeah. We ate some, some vegetables and stuff from... Off the chain. It was unbelievably different tasting. It was yeah. so good. It was the Salinas water. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and also they didn't it didn't go on a truck and seven days later get to us, you know? Yeah, they picked it that morning. That morning. It, and it was difference. It was unbelievable. All right, I guess All right, uh, Mike, I'm out. if there's table. any words you can add to this... There are. All right. You <laughs> awesome. know, I, I know I Mike has already <laughs> said he's not going with... Because different. actually, because Tucson... Yeah, you've lived in Texas and stuff, so what's your thoughts? Yeah, I've lived in all four... Uh, states that have the best Mexican food, right? Okay. And the first one I moved to when I was 21 was New Mexico. Oh. And in Roswell, New Mexico uh, is where I learned about the Mexican culture and also where I had the first authentic Mexican food. And if you want the best Mexican food in the country, at least that I've had so far, go to Artesia, New Mexico, to <laughs> La Fonda's. 
So is there any probing? Very special. <laughs> is that where you got abducted by the, aliens? Was, was, as well? Were the aliens in Roswell <laughs> now, serving the Mexican food, Mike? Now, is if there? you're going to Artesia and it took you an extra day and you don't know what happened, if you lost a day, if you have some lot missing time, then there's then, uh, probing. I'd be a little concerned, maybe. But uh, otherwise, uh, La Fonda, and they used to have a, a restaurant in Hobbs, America as well. I don't okay. know if the one in Hobbs is still there. So the way I rank them okay, yep. is New Mexico, one. One. Arizona, two. Okay. California, three. Uh, Texas, four. Mm. My Ooh. Texas friends don't like it no, when I say that. No, I was that. just going to say. And my Arizona <laughs> friends don't like it either. They don't like being number two. They don't right? like they And they insist yeah. they're not. And, you know, they might... Tucson's amazing. Um, you oh, go to South Tucson, there are so many great. Yeah. I know. It's very it's not close. even. Yeah, yeah. it's I mean, not way Tucson off. It's like is unreal. A little bit. Yeah, maybe off. We used to go to a little place called Fuentes no. in Tucson. Have you been so there? Good. Nico's in in Tucson. Well, Nico's. Yeah, Nico's had their little. Nico's is like their fast food fast, Mexican, and, and, and it's, it's amazing. Glorious. The, the, <laughs> we used to we used to just get four Nico's burritos coming home from church for I'm the football games. And it was back, a, yeah. Well, what about the what about the Street, the Tucson's street awesome. tacos. Yeah. Well, Those Mike, I gotta be on. Street tacos. There's nothing better than when you're the having street, street taco. When you're having street tacos, you have to ask where are the gatos. Gatos. Cats. You have Ooh. to make sure that the yeah. cats are missing. That's, it's a that's bad cold. joke. It's a bad joke. Sorry. Look, I mean, I, I got to be honest about credibility on this on this question, Mike. When you yeah. say the best food I had was in Roswell, New Mexico. No, no, Artesia. The fir- no, I know. Artesia. But the fir- first, as soon as you say Roswell, New Mexico, I know. there's nobody that's over 40 years old that is going to be like... He must Are you know that. Sure, it was food. <laughs> yeah. Are I you know. sure? I know. I was the UFO beat reporter. It at that's right. Have. That's yeah. right. You were the UFO. I interviewed those authors who wrote UFO Crash at Roswell. Oh, that's, I've right. that's right. I've interviewed the mortician who said he got called by the army base to come, you know, to ask him about small coffins. And all that stuff. Wow. I wonder if you know this. Did the aliens serve burritos? That's what I <laughs> See, I'm wondering if maybe like the the spaceships kind of leave a little alien dust on the tacos down yeah, there that know. makes them extra yummy. Yeah, so your your off off topic Adam just fun world. question was Mexican yes. food today. Yeah, yeah, Tucson, Arizona. I'm mm-hmm. saying right on. I just I miss it so bad. Yeah, that's sometimes some I think about stuff. it and my wa- my mouth just starts watering. The Fuentes. Yeah, we used to go to Fuentes. It was a beautiful little restaurant kind of hard to, hard to find you had to go like in the back alley or yeah. whatever it wasn't Sixth in a Street. wasn't in a real great part of yeah south, south, south tucson, tucson. Sixth yeah Street. yeah it was a rough neighborhood yeah. but we, we but enjoyed it once you got inside oh it was just beautiful they had mariachi Mariachis. band there and man they would have a sunday buffet like on mother's yeah. day mm-hmm. huge vat of guacamole i would just oh, go yeah. dish up bowls of guacamole okay. and eat it like Pudding. Tucson, Arizona. Well, this show has right completely on. gone off the rails. Right on. Glad really, I could be I'm a part of it. Now. Is it. Have we already eaten lunch already? Bible study and burritos. That's <laughs> yeah, right. our, our new thing. Mike, thanks for hanging out with us on the show today. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, we can't wait fun. to see what God's yes. going to do with FreshRoadMedia.com. Yep. Appreciate it. All right, Emily, it's your show. Final thoughts. Oh, thanks so much for just spending some time with us today. Don't forget to go to freshroadmedia.com because guess what? We have people that will pray for you. Do you have Mm -hmm. some prayer needs, some prayer requests that you just want to share? Yeah. We have dedicated people who will uh, pray for you. Just submit your prayer request right there online. And think about this. You can also do this. Be a part of the show. Did you hear something today that you agree with, don't agree with, have comments about, or you just want to add your two cents? Go to freshroadmedia.com and just click on 
join the show. Be a part of the show. And you can either leave a voice or text, comments, questions, whatever you want to do. Thanks so much for spending time with us. No apology with Emily and Chris. Bye-bye.